Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I am incredibly honored to uh, sit down and talk to this week's guest. Uh, we're going to talk to Jared Foster. Um, I first heard Jared on an incredible episode of another podcast. Uh, it was Bikes or Death. Great name for a podcast, by the way. Um, but it was episode 108. And basically, the episode was focused on mental health in the outdoors, which is a topic like I'm fascinated in because I just know how being outside, feeling the wind, feeling the aches and pains of an epic adventure, like how that has kind of intertwined with my own mental health and my own journey into um, processing certain things that have happened in my life. Uh, so I thought that was already like an interesting topic. Um, but to make it even more interesting, Jared uh, is a professor in the College of Media and Communication at Texas Tech University. Um, and he started this program uh, that's the Adventure Media Program. And so the idea is he basically takes these college students out on uh, epic adventure. Um, and a lot of times that's bikepacking. That he takes them out for a week bikepacking and the students not only get to leave with this experience um, that we all have in adventures, but they also get to leave with their own creative project and they get to leave with this collaboration with their fellow students to make something, you know, like they go into the adventure and then they come out of the adventure with a film essentially. Um, and granted after months of editing back, <laughs> back in the uh, classroom and stuff like that. And I think it's such a cool idea. And as an educator, I'm extremely jealous and impressed with Jared for convincing administration to basically let him go bikepacking for a week, <laughs> first class. Uh, that right there is an art form in and of itself, is uh, how to convince people to let you do what you wanna do, you know, um, which is awesome. But also like just the, f the medium of filmmaking in order to tell a story or in order to touch on these deeper, really meaningful ideas that we experience, um, like mental health. I think that's a really interesting topic. Obviously, I've been fascinated by that for a few years now. Um, and so I was very excited to have Jared on. Uh, Jared's a recommendation from one of my buddies, Thomas Mullins. And anytime Thomas Mullins is going to recommend that you reach out to somebody, you're going to do it. Like Thomas Mullins, he's just... He just knows, you know, like he's just a wise man. So um, I was so pumped to talk to Jared and I'm so honored to share this conversation with you all. Um, I do know that I have a lot to say um, and I'm going to save it for the outro. And the outro is going to get weird because I'm going to talk about art and storytelling and why it's meaningful to me and just some ideas I've been thinking um, just about that topic in general and why sometimes art can like touch your soul and completely transform you. And other times that same art is something you're not maybe connecting with uh, at the moment. So, um, and why I think it's important for artists like Jared and like his students to just put it out there because you don't know who you're going to affect in what moments. Like, you know, someone could be going through 
something in their lives that your film or your photography or whatever really touches on that can completely transform them or completely transform um, the way they're viewing the world. Uh, and so it's important. It's important for artists to just to just art, you know, artists, artists going to art. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> that was maybe the dumbest thing I've ever said on the podcast. Artists going to art. Um, so apologies um, to anyone who listen to that all right let's just get into the episode this was with jared foster a very awesome man who as i was talking to him was just out in the plains of texas outside up on a hill and it just looks so awesome out there so uh just to paint a little picture of what he was doing <laughs> while we're doing the podcast so let's jump into it this is like a bigfoot podcast number 316 with jared foster There's so much I want to talk to you about uh, as it pertains to storytelling and adventure and how those two worlds kind of collide. Um, yeah. But as I was researching you today, uh, I noticed this whole thing that you you kind of worked on called the Great Plains Project. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I was completely fascinated by that. Yeah. Well, it's it's well. First of all, thanks for having me on. Um, and at the the Great Plains project is it's kind of it's an ongoing thing. It's it's not finished by any stretch of the word, but it's something that I I, uh, I created uh, probably about five well probably about four years ago uh, with my brother Seth, and we I I, I listened to or I, I didn't listen I read this book called American Serengeti, which is written by Dan Flores, and it it's about five charismatic wildlife species that exist on the plains and kind of their natural history. And, and I, it, it just, it was written well. It, it kind of floored me. I, I was, I was amazed by the book. It, it kind of got me reinterested in the plains because I've been living out on the great plains, the Southern end of them for uh, the, the, well, more than 20 years now. And, and I, I've made a living out there, both as a professor, as a photographer, filmmaker, and the book itself just kind of let me know that I don't know as much as I think I do yeah. um, about the Great Plains. And I've I've been interested in the Great Plains from a flyover country perspective. Like, you know, a lot of people don't don't give it much mind. There's not a whole lot of people living on the Great Plains. And so I started thinking, like, you know what, I, I'm going to go explore the Great Plains um, my way. And uh, at the time I was really into gravel cycling still am uh, as a way of just seeing seeing place exploring learning new things and and so my brother and I sat down for a couple of months and we just charted out this 3500 plus mile dirt road route from Lubbock Texas where I'm based which is yeah. at the southern part of the Texas panhandle uh, and all the way up to Calgary uh, Alberta and it, it, interestingly enough, the, the route kind of parallels the, the Tour Divide route, only it's not in the mountains. And and so I I, I started working on basically a, a documentary project, uh, one that I'm photographing, one that I'm uh, helping direct a, a docu series on, like a YouTube docu series on. And and so it's just been a way for me to exercise both some storytelling professional practice, but also for me to learn more about this place that I've been calling home for the past 20 plus years. And, 
and, and, and I love it. It's, it's, um, it's really cool. So every summer starting with the pandemic, um, I've just started going on these, these scouting missions. I've just called them, uh, where I'll go, I'll go bite off like 500 mile chunks of the of the route just to kind of test the waters on it first first year was just kind of piloting it out um that was in 2020 in 2021 uh, i I rode a a chunk from stillwater oklahoma up to uh, manhattan kansas really to kind of meet some of the people that i wanted involved in the project i had not met uh, leland danes and aaron opel and bobby wintle a lot of these names that are pretty pretty central to the gravel cycling especially the, the race world yeah and and i'm not a racer but but uh you know i i I do like to enjoy a race every now and then but i do like the the vibe that races create for people because they because those those things have created a lot of attention to riding in the plains so i wanted to meet some of these people and then last uh last fall so about a year ago a teaching partner of mine who i normally teach a study abroad with he said, hey, instead of doing a study abroad next summer, which would have been this summer, uh, he said, why don't, why don't we do something with the students on your Great Plains project? And, and so what we ended up doing is uh, selecting a group of students that would then crew a film production following me riding a little over 900 miles from Stillwater, Oklahoma to Pixton, Nebraska, uh, Pixton South Dakota. That's amazing. And, and so I, I, I crossed the, I crossed the Flint Hills Traverse uh, through Kansas and then hopped into Nebraska, went up to Lincoln and then over to Niobrara. Uh And, and it's, it's a pretty incredible chunk of land uh, in this country. And um, it's, it's beautiful. The people are great. Um, it's some of it's almost like a throwback, like, Nor, you know, Norman Rockwellian type of throwbacks to these rural communities. But, but, uh, I realized along the way, I was like, man, these are the, these are the people that I grew up around. These are my people. Like I'm, I'm looking all around. I'm sitting right now amongst about, uh, 500 hay bales. I was going to say you're literally <laughs> on the great plains, right? As we, yeah, <laughs> I am. I am. And, and I'm just, I'm thinking as I'm riding through, I'm like, man, I'm riding through my country. And, yeah. and even though they're different States, the people are, are just as great. And the whole project is built around this idea that the, the Great Plains are one of the most important places in the world for the world. Um, you know, it's been changed dramatically uh, over its history. We can get into any any bit of that, but but it's just uh, it's one of those places I think that has to have attention driven towards it, and it, and it really has to have attention driven towards it. Otherwise, um, it, it could continue to be flyover country for most of the population. And I think gravel cycling is a perfect way to to drive that attention it's already doing it in the competitive world so why not create this this long this really long route that people can bite off chucks of yeah and and so in doing this um when i met leland danes up in up in kansas uh, in emporia he was telling me about a similar idea that he had with bobby wintle about a decade prior and and Leland is is a, a huge advocate for appropriate tourism at the Great Plains, and uh, and so we started putting our heads together. So Leland has center has, has basically created an initiative where representatives from each state in the in the plains on on this route come together, and we're we are establishing uh, 
the the first gravel tourism route through the Great Plains. And so I, I represent Texas and we've got people for every state going all the way through North Dakota. Yeah. Um, and and I, I've been fortunate to ride a lot of it uh, and also talk a lot about it. In fact, there was a article in Cycling Weekly that just came out this week about about it. And uh, the the author of the article, he, he visited with me and, and uh, Leland about the about the tourism potential on top of the race potential for for great plains cycling and so it's really exciting to see that this attention being given to the great plains and i hope yeah. it hope it continues it's, yeah man the great plains are beautiful you grew up pretty close to them i mean just just right there next to them and they yeah. are really pretty incredible they are man i i just was gonna say like i take offense to flyover country being a word almost because mm -hmm. i mean it's true it's it is what it is like yeah. the reality is most people are flying over all these states um but when you're flying over them it's just it looks like patchwork farms and that's it and then even driving through if you're like on interstate 80 interstate 70 the main throwaways through the planes here, like you're just zooming by everything. But there's a yep. moment like if you take the time you get out and you're on your bike or you go for a run or you're you're just going for a walk, like you're going to notice these little bits and pieces that make the Great Plains beautiful. Like I think um, it's when you talk about like Colorado or like the mountainy areas, it's these gigantic things that that really stick out in people's minds. But when I'm thinking about Iowa or I'm thinking about any times I've been through the plains and slowed it down, I'm thinking about these small details, these small things that really make it beautiful. And um, even like I just remember my first marathon running in Iowa down these dirt roads, mm -hmm. um, just going by fences and seeing birds come sit down or like watching the cows roam around. Like that's the things that that stick out. And you miss that if you're flying over it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're right. It's easy to just drive through uh, along an interstate through Kansas or Nebraska and, and not really give it much uh, credence. But I mean, it's 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 one of those. It, and this is no knock on places like the, the well, the, the Mountain West. I mean, it's, yeah. those places are, are beautiful. And uh, but a lot of times, you know, I think when people start to think about travel, they, they think about what's beautiful you know, that, that, that visual, almost kind of superficial way of describing things. Yes, the Rockies are beautiful, but it's also sensitive and delicate, uh, you know, um, uh, infringed upon, so on and so forth. And, and, uh, but it's, and it's immense and it's, and it's intense. Well, the, the planes are very similar. They just yeah. don't have the structure. Um, and one, you know, I think one of the things that really stands out about the planes is, I think a lot about ecosystems and all it all all of what it takes to create an ecosystem. Of course, you being a science teacher, you think about this stuff all the time. I bet, but it. I don't know if there's a place where the people are more intimately tied to the land um, than, than the Great Plains and and Great Plains like environments. You know, where, where farmers and ranchers are 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 both dependent on for their resource, but they also depend on the land that they steward. And, you know, it's, it's not the ideal way of thinking about sustainability whenever we're kind of uh, provided information and narrative about a sustainable future. But, but uh, I, you know, I, I don't know a single farmer or rancher who's not trying to do the, do the best by the land and by the people that they're serving. 
and uh, you know those, those people are they're they're right there in, in the Great Plains. I mean, that's yeah. the largest concentration of it. And and uh, you know, I mean, it, it may sound like I'm advocating for for agriculture, but I mean, I think everybody should probably advocate for agriculture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, we'd all be naked and hungry. Um, but but you know, it's it, it's it's very nuanced on the plains. You you get to know these people that are connected there they they're part of the ecosystem no matter how they've changed it over the years and and in its history but uh so i think that's pretty special you know that it takes a little bit longer it takes a 900 mile bike ride to dig in sometimes um on things like that but i think there's a i think there's a a healthy population of people that are willing to do that plus more through the plains and i think they'll come away with a greater appreciation of, of both the land and the people uh, yeah. that yeah. populate it. Is that what you're trying to, like when you're talking about like the film project for your students, is that kind of like a highlight or something they're kind of focused on is the people in these towns and in these communities that are flyover country? Yeah, it's a huge part of the, do- the documentary project in general with the students, what we did this summer. And it, this was in July when we, we took those students out on the plains. Um, they had, they had, three or four main uh areas of of concentration one of them was definitely the the current population the people uh and and then both the historical and the mm-hmm. contemporary culture uh yeah. of the place one of them w- was agriculture uh specifically uh, and then and then one of them kind of combined the environment and and tourism yeah uh, through the plains so yeah, what, what they what they ultimately did was produce three episodes that uh, are forthcoming. In fact, there's a group of students right now working on post production. They were they're working on three. Takes episodes. longer than you'd expect, everybody. Yeah, 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 you know it. Yeah, you do know it, and, and it does, especially if it's not your full time job. Yeah, and and so they're working on that, and I, I would think by you know end of January we'll have Sweet, uh, the man. episodes out there. Yeah. I'm excited to see yeah. it. So I wanted to ask you about this. So um, the way I kind of think about kind of the idea of like adventure being like the access point into all these other stories, I kind of think mm-hmm. of it in the same way as like uh, Anthony Bourdain kind of uncovered the idea of like, I can use food as a way to access all these communities and things like that. And I always thought that was such a genius idea because that is something that is throughout like no matter where you go in the world you're going to be able to find food and it's going to give you an idea of the culture and things like that um i think adventure can be a very similar thing you know like the adventures that people would have in uh in the plains of texas might look different than the mountains of colorado but yet it's this access point um is that thought involved at all like as you're going out you're almost giving your students an access point into these stories, if that makes sense. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and they, you know, they they get a taste of what that's like. You know, I, I told you I don't, I don't race a whole lot, but um, but man, I sure do like using the bike as a way of yeah. learning about where I am. And if I happen to be riding fast, I, I enjoy it. But but uh, you know, part of that is just being open to any sort of encounter you're going to have. I'm, I'm a I'm an assistant editor for the Bikepacking Journal, and I, I get to pre-read a lot of the stories that come out months in advance. And and uh, a lot of a lot of those stories are, you know, the the nice the things that kind of pepper 
the story with excitement or those chance encounters they have, you know, any author has with people from wherever they are in the world. Um, and that happens out there too uh, on the plains and, and for the students, the students are, were, they, they, they had to live everything I was living except for the bike ride, you know, yeah. so, but, but, you know, it's, it's July, it's hot. They're on these back roads and they're encountering people too. And, and then they're encountering the people that I encounter at the same time, if they're, if they're near me, uh, you know, if there's a production crew near me. And so, so they're, they're getting a, a taste of what it's like to, to have, you know, to experience that and, and hopefully weave that into the, the stories that they're, that they're telling. Yeah. Well, I want to hear, um, so you're a professor and of like communication and media, um, and you've you've started this like really cool adventure media program at Texas Tech. Uh, it's how I was exposed to you, uh, recommended by my friend Thomas Mullins. Uh, listen to you guys on Bikes or Death podcast, which, by the way, great name for a podcast, yeah. genius name. Uh, yeah. And I loved it though. <laughs> it was such a good episode. It was focused on you and your students and the idea of like, hey, we're doing this exploration of mental health and adventure and how those two worlds collide. Um, and you actually took them out on like a bike packing trip and things like that. Um, I just want to hear about the program. And then I kind of want to like ask some questions just about storytelling in general. Yeah. Well, that, so that, that program, uh, we started my teaching partner, Justin Keen and I started that back in 2017 in the, in the form that it's in right now. And, you know, we, we were, interested in teaching students that were um, looking at or wanting to learn more about a career, particularly a freelance or a contract career mm -hmm. in uh, outdoor and outdoor recreation storytelling. So we, we teach a lot of photographers. We teach a lot of videographers, people that go into I mean, all sorts of arenas where they have to use those, that skill set. Um, and, and so we, we, we thought, hey, you know, we have we both have cycling backgrounds. Let's let's create this class. And at the time, I was doing a lot of bike packing and starting to work in, in kind of bike packing editorial work. And I said, why don't we do this class using a spring break long bike packing trip? So we were able to both convince the administration in our college to let us do an off schedule class, as well as <laughs> recruit and interview and accept students to use up their spring break to come on a bike packing trip with us. So that's the documentary we've been doing that. right there. Like yeah, how did you, yeah, you yeah. just have a whiteboard behind you and you're like, hear me out. Yep. Biking. Yep. Exactly. You guys that pay first for year, it. You pay for yeah. it. We bike. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, that first year we were very much in that mode. We we're like, look, this is going to be something different. It's, it's going to be very intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I promise you, you'll have a good experience and you'll learn some stuff along the way. And, and we did it. And, uh, you know, we, we've, I'm very, very fortunate to have some, some really great, um, you know, connections and some support in the industry. Oveja Negro that first year really helped us out in terms of just, uh, giving us some, some nice discounts on, on bags that we could outfit the students with. Um, because it, it, you know, we, we, we didn't want to, belabor students with expenses that they would only use maybe once. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so we, we helped them out there and we're, we're still doing that with, with them. We've had, uh, you know, local outdoor retailers, uh, like, uh, mountain hideaway in Lubbock support us quite a bit over the years, happy hiker. Um, so, you know, there's a number of people that have supported the program over the years and, and 
so it, it made it feasible for the students to jump into these things. And so we've been doing it uh, for, well, since 2017 in the way we've done it. We've, we've done a bike packing trip every year uh, during spring break. Um, and during that time, we, we basically have the, we turn the, the students into a documentary production crew of some kind. Every year, the story is different. The focus is different. Um, and this past year just happened to be on uh, mental health. Yeah. And we, we focused on, well, well we, we basically uh, produced a documentary on the correlation between outdoor recreation and, and, and mental health. There were a couple of articles that came out a couple summers ago um, about how, you know, increased time spent doing type two fun uh, is positively correlated with general happiness. Well, and so, and so uh, we, we focused on that. We had the students uh, do that. And, and anyways, we spent a week in the, in the Sierra Blanca uh, white mountain wilderness near Ruidos in New Mexico. And yeah. And then, they uh, they shot. They were both the subject and the producers of this. That's the genius of it. You're putting them through the type two fun, yeah. and they're telling yeah. the story. So, yeah. and are they like experienced adventurers? You know, like these are obviously like early oh, no. these kind of kids, and yeah. no, they're not. See, that's the thing that I thought that I was like, no. what a genius idea. Yeah, no, they're, they're, so it, it's pretty interesting. Like we tell students, like there are no prerequisites for this class. I mean, they have to, they have to apply. They have to uh, interview with us. But um, they, you know, you, I, I don't know how how you were growing up. I, growing up myself, I, we didn't go camping a whole lot. We were outside all the time, and we were out on the ranch working and doing things. And so on the weekends and stuff, that was for sports and you know mm -hmm. classic stick and ball sports and things like yeah. that. And uh, so I, I started really, really getting into camping as, as a college student and, and backpacking and going on big hikes and stuff. And, and so we're hitting those same students. The, 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 it's still the same, you know, students, especially, you know, I don't know if it's just Texas Tech students or maybe students in Texas where there's less public land. There, we see students that are, don't have a history uh, in outdoor recreation as strongly as say those students in the mountain west and so and so uh we take fairly novice students uh, outdoor yeah. novice students and uh, some of these students they've never been camping um those are some of my favorite students to to, to take because we we go on this shakedown overnight ride the week before we leave for spring break and I mean, it can get cold where we go. Uh, one year it got down to like seven degrees with a, you know, wind was blowing 30 miles an hour. And the, the one student that, who, who had never camped uh, on that trip, I mean, she, I was like, she is going to be super miserable in the morning. And we wake up, chains are frozen. Everything's just covered in a, a layer of ice. And she gets up, she's, she's like, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, because she had never spent the night out like that. And I'm like, well, you spent half the night in the restroom, <laughs> but, but everybody did because it was yeah. so cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, but no, so and so they're fairly new, and some students don't even know how to ride a bicycle. Yeah. Um, we we interview students, and we tell them like, look, you don't even have to know how to ride a bicycle, uh, but if you're accepted, you have to Train. you have to learn before yeah. we go on that first training ride, and uh, and so we've. I think we've taught two people how to ride so far. We accepted a student for this coming springs program that, that doesn't know how to ride. So it's always interesting. 
and we don't take them during spring break. We don't take them to some kid park. Like no. it's, it's real deal. Um, and so they, they have to acclimate pretty quick, but yeah. this generation of students is you're seeing probably in high school and, um, and, and, and lower grades too. They, they, they hunger for experience, like filled, uh, situations. And so the students, they, they, when they commit, man, they commit and, yeah. you know, they may, they may seem miserable the entire time they're out there, but they, they, they have this for them, you know, once in a lifetime experience. And hopefully they, hopefully that translates to them having more once in a lifetime experiences later on. Yeah, man. Well, that's what it's yeah. funny. Like the, the generation I'd say catches a lot of flack for various reasons. Um, yeah. but there's so many positives, like truly, like they're open to experience. They're open to creativity and learning and all of that. And I see that every single day and it kind of blows my mind. I'm like, I designed, well, just real quick. I designed this, uh, this thing last week for my, I teach like a leadership class at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I came up with the non-talent show and I'm like, I'll tell my wife about it. I'm like, she's horrified. She's like, they're going to hate this. And I'm like, yeah, they will. And it, that's the point. But they drew a talent out of the hat on Monday. And then I'm like, Friday, you got to perform your talent. I had kids like Irish step dancing and like playing the yeah. spoons and stuff. And they uh, they loved it, though. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought you guys were going to like revolt and like walk out on Mr. Ward. <laughs> they were like instantly like, I get to learn something new hell yeah this is awesome yeah. and i was like man i wish people could see this because i don't think i don't think they get enough credit for that kind of stuff yeah yeah you know i, I think their students these days are incredibly versatile yeah um, they just have to be shown the way yeah. they have to have to be encouraged and and shown the way and sometimes showing the way is like pointing downhill and saying don't squeeze on your front brakes too hard uh <laughs> but but that's uh you know, a little bit of guidance, a little bit of support, um, and that versatility, that 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 hunger for experience, and it doesn't matter. Again, like if it's mountain biking or Irish step dancing, like <laughs> they'll embrace it for a period of time, yeah. and they'll use it as one of those really cool moments of, of their life that you know hopefully shapes you know them a little bit. Uh, I, I think in some, for some students, it shapes them a lot, but uh, uh, more or more than others, maybe. But uh, every one of them come away. Uh, you know, particularly from this experience, this adventure media program with something special that happens to them. And they get, they get to make something. So they get to leave with something they, do. they made, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's not always the best, I mean, yeah. it, you know, at the end of the day, it's still student work in, in some cases, but, but, uh, when they work together, when they, when they're, you know, we act as my teaching partner and I, we, we act as, you know, directors slash producers of the whole project. And so, you know, we give them a lot of consultation yeah. um, and uh, it'll, it'll come out looking pretty neat, but the, the story's always there. And yeah. uh, you know, I think it's the, the, the bikes or death podcast. I really appreciate Patrick uh, for he, he's, he's joined us as many times as he possibly can. He's done an episode either on students before or, so cool. or uh, you know, with me about the students and, 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 I, I think his support of them is, is really cool. And, and whenever we mentioned, I mentioned to him that we were going to, work on this project about outdoor rec and, and mental health. He was like, man, I'm about that. He goes, I, I just want to come out and visit with your students and maybe do a little round table discussion. 
Yeah. Which ended up being like a, a around the campfire, but there was no campfire because the because uh, we couldn't have a, a super dry in Lincoln at yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and it was freezing cold. But man, those students were they were just there for it. You know, they yeah. just had a, a pretty difficult day with some pretty big elevation, and uh, I think I think it primed them to have a have a, a meaningful conversation, and, and it got deep uh in 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 that conversation but you know i think uh patrick treated it really really well um he was very relatable for all those students and you know he he came out and they were they were both they both produced something but they were also part of something really like like his his episode and uh you know i think a lot of people engaged with it i think a lot of a lot of them really related uh to the episode yeah i wanted to ask you um what do you think it is about an adventure or a tough day like that, that really does prime people to open up. Um, you know, like there's a difference. If I just mm-hmm. came up to you on the street and you had just had a nice cup of coffee in your house and nice night of sleep, and I'm starting to try to ask you like deep questions or to open up, you're probably going to give me a different answer than if you just yeah. went a hundred miles on gravel all day or whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm no, I'm no expert on, on, psychology or, or, or mental health for that matter. But, you know, there, there is just something, I don't know if it's chemical. I don't know if it's, you know, it, it, it probably is a combination of that plus some feeling of exhaustion or having done something challenging with other people Yeah. Um, in, in the same situation that, that it just, it bonds you, it makes you closer. Right. And, and your, your level of trust in the people you were with increased to the point that you can, you feel comfortable sharing not only stories but just you know how you're feeling at the time i think most people have a hard time discussing how they're feeling i know i do sometimes and so uh when you get done with something where you you can't process too many decisions at one time but you can but you can very well recognize the fact that you can trust everybody that you're around because you just did the same hard stuff that they did It, it allows you to have pretty meaningful conversations along those lines. And, um, I, and I was surprised. I mean, I was really surprised that some of the students shared what they did, not to say that they were sharing anything inappropriate or wrong. It was just like, wow, I didn't think, I did not think that we had reached that point Yeah, where the students were felt comfortable enough to share stories that, uh, affected their own you know, uh, navigation of mental health issues. Cause all of us do, you know, it, it's uh, no matter how well fortified you think you are. And so, uh, so they, they really, uh, dove into it and, and, uh, but, but I, I wasn't lying. Like I, we had that day was basically all climbing. It started <laughs> out with a big descent and then yeah. it was just climb after climb. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we, it, 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 we pushed them uh, pretty hard that day and, yeah. But, I think uh, it I yeah, think it's a conversation. I think it speaks to like human nature. Like honestly, I think people want to open up and they want to connect. And then suffering outside in the wilderness and having that quiet space in your mind for a while um almost gives you permission. And then you have one person do it and then everyone all, probably ultimately feels more comfortable with that and you know, yeah, and it was sure. just interesting to me because I'm like Oh, they're exploring this idea of mental health, which is something everyone that has a big, crazy adventure is going through a different trip in their own mind the whole time, Yeah, (laughs) which is really, which is my favorite part of adventure, honestly. But, um, Mm -hmm. but they, they're doing that 
maybe for the first time for them, maybe they're experiencing that for the first time, but they're also like exploring it from the outside perspective as documentarians. And I was like, what a, that just had to have been such a crazy week. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was really cool. I mean, it's a very challenging thing to have them be in both those headspaces. And so yeah. we really, really let them be in that mental headspace. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of redundant, but, but uh, we let them really reside there quite a bit because it was, it was, it was true. It, you know, it, it was an accurate reflection all the time of how they felt. We wanted them to, to make sure that they weren't, um, you know, uh, not considering where they were uh, in, in terms of their perception of who, who they are, where they were, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, it was, it was it, you know, one other thing I think is kind of, I mean, it, it, I don't know how strongly, but I, I feel like it's a pretty strong thing that plays into that ability to share and have some pretty meaningful conversations like we did that night um, was the fact that like everybody was also there in support of each other. Not only mm -hmm. did we go through the same things that were challenging, but every, every single student and anybody else we had along with us, because we always bring a few other folks uh, to support the crew. They were all encouraging people. There was, there was this one instance where we were climbing up this, this, this uh, canyon. It's called Devil's Canyon. And we're about two thirds of the way up and it gets really steep. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty arduous the whole way up, but about two thirds of the way up, it gets really steep. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, some, some people are able to like hammer it out. A lot of people are just walking up this one section and it didn't matter if you were, if you were mashing the pedals or, or walking beside your bike, you know, you were getting cheered on to, to get up <laughs> this spot. You know, I mean, we, we go and scout these areas, these routes before, so we kind of know where to stop and, and yeah. you know, let everybody rest and encourage people and things like that. But they don't know this, and and they and and it, even if they did, it really wouldn't matter. Uh, yeah, you know they're they're at this point where they're just drained. They're physically drained. Their their emotional give a dams are just really low. Um, but yet they know they've got to get to camp that night. There's no stopping, and there's a whole group of people there that are not sitting there going like, "Hey, we can't go without you here." It's like get it done. You can, yeah. you can, you can do this. Um, and that's a really, really cool, uh, thing to see over and over and over. Um, and I think it's that inundation of positive support, um, that, that, you know, is, is necessary, uh, for them to realize this trust they have, uh, with, with each other and realize, you know, the trust they have in a group setting like we had with, with Baxter death. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Well, I want to hear just about your thoughts about like storytelling and things, but when did you start combining these two passions? You know, like there's this collision of being an athlete and an explorer and a lover of nature, but also with art, like when did that happen for you? Uh, I, 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 I was a photographer well before I started really getting into cycling. I, I, uh, um, I, I have a couple degrees in agricultural communications. So my whole, I, the whole idea was for me to go out and, and base, I was trained as a journalist, yeah. um, in a, in a multimedia journalist in, in agriculture. Although I've, I've worked very little in agriculture since I've mostly done conservation, natural resources type stuff, a lot of commercial work. Uh, but, um, when I was when I was finishing up my doctorate, um, I 
I bought, I, I bought myself a, a mountain bike kind of as a reward for finishing up. And, and, uh, it wasn't anything special, but I, I had mountain biked a little bit in college, but didn't really go down the rabbit hole with it. And, and I have a background as a cross country athlete. So I've, I've got endurance, uh, an endurance background. And so anyways, I bought this mountain bike and I just started riding and I started getting plugged in with the right community. I just wanted it to be something that I could decompress with, you know, work on my mental health with. And, yeah. and, uh, it quickly, as with a lot of things that look like hobbies in, in my life, it, it quickly turned into something I wanted to find a professional angle for. Yeah. Uh, I knew I was, I was too old to, to pursue any sort of professional racing. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I just, um, I started, I started bike packing. I remember the first bike packing trip I went on and, and just been taking photographs along the way with a couple of buddies of mine and thinking like, I, I could make this work. I, I really, I feel strongly about, um, people having great outdoor experiences that are more than just the gear that they're riding with or the, yeah. the numbers that they're putting up on the board. And so, uh, I thought this is a great storytelling mechanism. And so I just started working on, on, uh, you know, pitches and, and, uh, working w with people that I've, I've collaborated on now or with for years now. And, um, yeah, so we, we've, uh, it just kind of started to click together. Um, my editorial work, particularly that, which involved the outdoors, uh, started finding it's uh, a way yeah. sometimes centered on a bike. Um, and it, and it, and in 2019, it, it really started clicking because, uh, a, a very dear friend of mine, Brandon Weaver, uh, contacted me at the time. We, we didn't know each other. I guess it was 2018. We didn't know each other. He, he was, he was living in Salida, um, working for a Veja Negra and he was, uh, wanting to come back down to Texas and kind of reinvigorate his editorial writing career. He had, he had done some in the early two thousands and then, uh, did some other things in between. And so he contacted me he had learned about this adventure media program and he contacted me and said, Hey, I want to, I want to do this bikepacking route through central Texas using all uh, connecting state parks using our only other public resource, which is our, which are our roads. And so it was a really cool angle for yeah. a, a public land deficient state. Uh, and, and so we, we rode gravel bikes on a four day tour from, uh, or between four, uh, five different state parks in, in Texas. Um, and it was, it was super cool. Um, and he, he had got called me and said, Hey, would you like to come out for a, a day or something? And I said, I'll come do the whole thing with you. I'd love to do that. <laughs> and so my brother and I, we, we go meet him uh, in the middle of the middle of the night, like at, at this state park, we drove like six hours South. We, we didn't even see his face till the next morning. And, uh, and then we got on our bikes, man. We spent the next four days, five days riding together. That's yeah. a, as you know, that's a great way to get to know somebody. It is, man. We've I mean, even like since. you give yourself an hour, just an hour with somebody yeah. where the only thing you can do is have a conversation. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Like now yeah. I understand you form these. I've talked about it with my friends on here a bunch, um, but it forms these deep bonds like way quicker than re quote sure. unquote real life or whatever. Yeah. Well, and maybe part of it's because you're forced into the situation together, kind of like yeah. the students, you know, are, but, but at the same time, and we could have just as easily spent four days being awkward toward each other and still <laughs> doing our jobs, you know? So, yeah. uh, 
but but I like to meet people. I, I like yeah. having conversations with people. And and uh, Brandon, um, Brandon's just this really cool, even killed guy. That uh, man, I've in fact uh, I just finished up a, a huge uh, travel piece with him where we went to all four corners of the state. Oh, that's uh, cool. We didn't do it all at once. We did it over the past month, but we ended up we ended up driving together like seven thousand miles. And uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time with each other, but just that much but we've never spent that much time with each other in a vehicle. <laughs> Usually it's on a bicycle or on motorcycles or something. Yeah. Uh and you know, it just we we've become such good friends since our first encounter that you know that's that's normal stuff for us. We're like brothers. Uh, yeah. and uh, I think that's pretty special about these trips, but or it, it is this kind of work that you know I've I've luckily found myself uh, doing, and so that that's where it really all started. And then since then, we've done uh, several pieces for Bikepacking Journal, Bikepacking.com. Uh, we've done a, a couple of other big pieces that, that incorporate either bicycle or two wheel travel of some kind. We do adventure motorcycling as well when we can uh, for. Uh, you know, both national and regional publications. That's so. cool. Do you find that same kind of bond happening um, amongst like a film crew? Like when you're, I mean, and I don't know how big your film crews have been, but do you find that bond happening when all these people have this artistic thing they're working towards um, and they're like all working towards the same goal, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Now my, my work's always been pretty small uh, yeah. on, on the filmmaking side of stuff. I mean, a lot of these adventure travel pieces that you see on bikepacking.com and things, but they're usually like one to three people okay. that are involved in that. And and uh, and and it's logistics. I mean, I, I've I've done it. I've I've had twenty people out there with me, and it's it's tough, you know, moving that many people together uh, efficiently. But um, but you absolutely see the the, the, this gelling of, of personalities and people. Um, and you'll hear that ab- amongst people that are even working on massive like feature films. Like we, yeah. we have students that have graduated, gone on to Hollywood or, um, you know, anywhere in the world where they're working on, I mean, the biggest films being made these days or anything. Right. So we've got students working on those sets and, and they're grueling. And yet they, they come away from those experiences super tight with who they work with. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they know personality traits and little ticks and things like that. And, you know, whether somebody likes mustard or ketchup and, th- you know, just things, things like that. And, uh, I think that's pretty special to be thrown into a situation where you have to work with people you, you've never really had that yeah. much experience with. Yeah. And One, so, I, yeah, no, I, I, I found oh, this, like the whole filmmaking experience was hands down the most collaboration most collaborative experience I've ever had. Uh, we had a small group too, um, four people filming, four and a half, because uh, my friend Thomas was helping with camp and filming. Um, okay. Whenever I say four and a half, my my fellow science teacher who came out was our production assistant. He's like five yeah. foot six. And so I was talking to students and I was like, we were, we were telling about making a movie and stuff. And I was like, yeah, we had four, four people. I'm like, I looked at him. I'm like, well, four and a half. And they all thought I was making a height joke. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, come on, dude. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no. I meant, but uh, no. So that's yeah. why while we were filming and then like with the editor and all that. But um, I feel like it was this weird thing where like everybody put a little bit of their heart and soul into it. 
Um, not only the people filming, but the people we were interviewing, uh, our editor, Josh, like everyone. So, so what came out of it was this combined vision, I guess, of this community. And it was really, yeah. really cool and like really touching to me. Cause I'm like, I've never had that experience where everybody's putting a little bit of their own heart and soul into it. And, and yeah. what comes out is this beautiful thing. Uh, but I, I just thought that was, yeah really neat part of the whole like filmmaking experience heck yeah yeah and, th and that's also why like uh people can get pretty you know uh, emotional i don't know that's the right word but i mean people can get they're they're emotionally invested because they're putting in so much time and yeah. heart into these things that you know there can be arguments that, that fire up and you know we, i haven't really gotten in, into it with anybody but you know there's there's been times where you, you'll make a statement like to keep the keep the flow of, of whatever project going and you know, it kind of irks somebody, but they have to run with it because they do know it's the best thing to do. Or yeah. I have to, you know, quit shooting one thing to, to focus on another. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I think that level of care that's being presented through any sort of like support or emotional outburst or whatever just says to you or should say to you like, look, we're all trying to make the best thing possible here. We yeah. all have the project's best interest in mind, the story's best interest in mind, so on and so forth. Yeah, man. Well, so just really quick, um, what are some of the like elements of uh, like when you watch uh, an adventure documentary or a short film or or whatever, what are the elements you're looking for that stand out to make it like special to you? Yeah, I, I, I really like being able to connect with characters and, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of telling the self story stories out there if that mm -hmm. makes sense and and there's nothing wrong with that but sometimes they can get too heady uh, and and maybe not concrete enough and so I really like whenever we get to we, we really get to see of course it's really great whenever you get photography or, or video combined with it we really get to see all those things that make up a character for us in our minds as we, as we watch something. So, you know, attention to character development's big. Um, there's a, a, I worked with a, a filmmaker named Simon Parmley on a, an adventure motorcycle piece in Southern New Mexico several years back. And, and Brandon Weaver, the writer I was talking about earlier, he and I were working on a magazine story for uh, a publication called Outdoor by Four. And uh, I invited Simon to come along to, to film and produce a, a tourism piece for uh, Rio Dosa, New Mexico. And he did a super job in basically uh, showcasing a conversation that we had over cam at camp one night over the course of seven, eight minutes. Um, and while we're having this, I, I, I think, relatively intimate conversation about our professional and personal lives, you see the activity happening mm. as we're rolling across to New Mexico, but it's done in such a way where you, you, you hear something simply put before you that lets you engage with who you're following in the journey. And so characters being developed as the through line for a story is, is really important uh, to me. Uh, you know, being, being a visual person, I, I love when people pay uh, a lot of, a lot of attention to, uh, visual dynamics and, and that could be anything from shot composition to the types of shots. You know, a lot of people, uh, 
a lot of people tend to get the big big shots like mm-hmm. your your you know almost your drone type shots I, I would, i'm not gonna say establishing shots but shots where you got this really badass looking landscape in front of you the people are little you know those are cool shots right or and so we got too many of those versus the rest of the shots or maybe there's too many close-ups mm-hmm. versus the rest of the top shots i, I love visual dynamics um I remember when we were filming a couple parts. I mean, I just I just treated it as film school. I'm like, what what's going on? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But my friend James, who was our director of photography, was talking about how he likes um, starting e- like either way. So starting close, and then you're slowly kind of like expanding out. And yeah. when he was explaining this, I was like, oh, it's definitely like the best shot thing in our movie like segment that we have like it was awesome and it all came together like the way he was describing it which was really cool yeah yeah and you know things like that i mean being able to think particularly in in filmmaking thinking about what you want visually before you even have yeah before you've even produced anything and 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 that's not to say that you can't be flexible especially with documentary Mm -hmm. uh, because you should be but having a way that things look matters you know every time you're shooting something you're shooting to build as much either direction or visual versatility out of what you're shooting any little scene or any little shot yeah um i i I love when people pay attention to light you know that's something that we don't often have have the uh the the luxury of when we're doing adventure travel stuff because you know it happens all throughout the day um and, You're and like, I hope I something awesome happens yeah, at sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, golden hour light is not the end all be all when you're trying to tell a story, but it, it really yeah. is nice. It's, it it's looks a nice cool. Punctuation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but just attention to to the way the light helps tell a story is is yeah. is great as well. So you know, there, there's a lot of things I could say about like camera use and things like that, but that's all technical. That's that's the stuff that over time you get more and more aptitude towards. Yeah. So, you know, really, it's all about this focus on what are those things that help me tell this story? And of course, beyond that, I and mean, before that, it's like, do I even have a story here? <laughs> that's know? what, yeah. It, and that's, is, that's what I kind of wanted to wrap with was like, what kind of stories are you drawn to where you're like, I have to tell this story? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's this thing where, you're like, this isn't even an option as to whether or not I'm doing this. Like it is going to, I have to tell this because that's what my heart is telling me to do. Um, what kind of things do you, is, are the things that like call to you like that? I mean, the, 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 my knee jerk reaction to that is, or answer to that is the, the intersection of humans in their environment. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not an, it's not a new story or a new theme. It's it's pretty age old. Uh, we've been doing these stories forever, but it's our interaction with our environment is how we learn about the world. And and so stories that that's uh, that's probably why I mentioned like earlier that we we have a lot of adventure travel stories that are about the self, mm-hmm. and those some of those are really really good, and some of those are again too abstract and i'm i think you can have a story that's about personal development but while also shedding light on 
those other things. Um, and so, so telling a story about type two recreation and mental health was pretty new to me because I've always focused on the human interaction with the environment. Um, the mental health story is still human interaction with the environment. The environment is just a little bit different. It's yeah. perceived differently. Um, but yeah, in any, I mean, that's the whole, the whole, the whole um, reason the Great Plains Project is oriented the way it is, uh, where audiences go on a trip with this cyclist um, through the Great Plains. And while you're there sharing in his journey, yeah, him being me, <laughs> while you're there sharing in that journey, you're also being pulled off route into these other stories that talk about you know the historical intersection of human in the land, human yeah. in their in their environments the contemporary uh, culture uh, all those things that allow us to to know a place better uh, than we did before that in a, in itself is an interaction with our environment it, you know if we want to get really abstract yeah um, and and in that there's conflict there's character development um, and, and so stories, especially adventure travel stories that help me learn more about, uh, what's going on than just, there was a bike ride and it went mm -hmm. across some, it, it, it traveled some distance, you know, and, and it happened to be a commercial for a bike brand. You know, <laughs> if it goes beyond that, be great. Yeah. And, 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 and I say that facetiously, but like I do those things. Like I, I, I I'm a chumba rider and I've, I've had a little little small little bit and helping them develop their newest bike and yeah you know that i, I realized that it's my storytelling it's one of my storytelling tools so we have to give it some visibility it's the there's thing well and there's happen there's some awesome like films out there that are sponsored by you know like clothing like outdoor clothing brands or whatever but like yeah that's just the thing that's a part of it but it's not really well, what that, makes it a good film. You know what I mean? I don't know how to right, describe right. it, but I'm the, like, no, I've been impressed yeah. by a lot of them like that, honestly. Oh, yeah. The, the brands have smartly, you know, we can talk about yes. it from a strategic perspective, but have smartly provided storytellers a venue for storytelling, uh, especially this kind of storytelling, because this kind of storytelling in publications is going to die at some point. I mean, it's going to it's going to dry up. Yeah. Uh, uh, if it hasn't dramatically already, which it has. And so, um, brand, you know, storytellers like you and me going to a brand and saying, Hey, we, we have this idea. We think it'd be a great partnership with your, your brand. As long as that's a genuine connection, then mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with it because the brands themselves are, are, are allowing these stories to be told. And in, in the classic example, that is Yeti. Uh, you know, no matter what you think about Yeti, the brand, the coolers, mugs, or, you know, the, the, the Yeti bro thing, um, <laughs> the, the, the films that they yeah. have helped produce are amazing. And I can't even remember the last one that had any sort of Yeti product or brand, you know, uh, yeah. you know, brand in them somewhere that, that was out of place or, or really that was just in it. And I, it, it says to me that the, the brands of some of these outdoor kind of like Patagonia. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the bigger ones out there. Yeah. Filson, you know, they're, they're, they're behind really good stories being told in these, in these uh, scenarios, these arenas. And so uh, 
I, 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 I like it uh, when we see that. Uh, but but it, it can't be all about that. You know, it can't be all about the brand. And they know that too. It's not smart. They do. The They're brand. smart. They're smart yeah. about it. No one's turning to the camera yeah. in the middle of like a fly fishing thing being like, <laughs> yeah. drink out of this Yeti thing. Yeah, like, yep. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But they look cool, so, man. They make you want to go to the yeah. outdoors and you're like, what am I going to use in the outdoors? Yeah. I guess Yeti. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I will say, you know, I think, I think a lot of these, um, I hope a lot of these brands are, are doing it in in a way that doesn't i mean they have to sell stuff right but but it can't be just to sell stuff you know they're they're selling an experience they're selling something that helps you have an experience and yeah uh you know i I, i'm afraid that my generation my generation which uh, i think is like i believe in the experience economy let's say that like we're people make very smart decisions about what they purchase because they want to, it, they want to have a more enhanced experience versus just gear in the garage. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I, I hope, I know a lot of brands are being pretty responsible about that, but uh, you know, that you just gotta, I guess you gotta weed through all the, all the, the marketing uh, hype it, uh, that's kind of embedded in some of this stuff to get to it. Yeah. Do you, um, I guess last thing, do you have like a very, like a specific, um, film you've made or, or something like that, that you're really proud of that you would kind of like throw out there? At least this is a selfish question. Cause I'm looking for yeah. fun stuff to watch today. Uh, yeah. Honestly, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. I'll, I'm working on the, the two biggest things I'm actually working on right now. So there's, there's no, there's nothing out there that you could, you could watch. I'm, I'm shooting a, a film on an endangered species of, of a grouse called the lesser prairie chicken. Uh, so that, that should be coming out pretty soon. Um, Side note then, real quick. Uh, I'm all in yeah. on grouse uh, yeah, based off yeah. of my very first report of all time when I was in first grade or something. We had to draw oh, really? animals. We had to draw animals out of a hat. And I'm like into the alphabet. I'm watching my friends get like tiger, eagle, yep. like all these. I'm like, oh, Chris Dietrich got wolves that's badass and yeah. then i'm like what am i gonna get and i pull it out and it says grouse and i'm like yep. what i don't even know what this is yeah what the heck is a grouse <laughs> now i feel like spiritually connected to the grouse so that's how yeah awesome, yeah man. well that yeah so that film <laughs> and i was the same way when I, I first shot a magazine story on these lesser prairie chickens 11 <laughs> years ago and i'm like i i mean i kind of know what they are they're these you know, they, they were just as legendary as like a jackalope in, in my <laughs> mind and but they are real and yeah and they're incredibly fascinating animals anyways uh that and, and then of course the great Plains stuff that'll be coming out pretty I'm soon so excited for um that. i've 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 got some work that's going to be coming out um in a new ken burns piece on bison uh so that'll be i think that's coming out sometime later this this year or next year sorry um but Dude, I'll, you know i'll say is, this in terms of involvement awesome. <laughs> Well, it, it, I, I'm I'm much more of a still photographer than I'm a filmmaker. So the filmmaking stuff has been probably in the last three years or so okay. that I've really started to dip my toes. Yeah, uh, and I, I play mostly producer slash director on some of them. The the two there are two though that I, I'd I'd recommend watching. There there's a um, there's a piece called Going Nowhere, and it's that Southern New Mexico uh, adventure motorcycle. Uh, piece that that um i i helped produce 
um, Simon Parmley was the the shooter, the editor, um, and he he did a he did just such a great job uh, with that piece. That, that's a that's a cool kind of intimate conversation between myself and Brandon. Um, and then there's one that I, I was strictly just the producer on, um, which was actually the the 2019 Adventure Media's uh, project, and we called it Terrar, like the like the wine term T E R R O I R. Um, and it's actually on bikepacking.com. You can find it there. Uh, it's been, it's been shown on, on PBS in a couple of different regions and then, or I guess it's on PBS digital now, but, uh, it's, it, it's a cool look at a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about this, go have this incredible experience, you know, get yourself, but put yourself way out of your comfort zone sometimes. Um, and with a group of people. And, and go have these experiences and there's, there's stuff that comes out of it. And so that's a, that's a really cool look at that group's uh, trip down to Big Ben Ranch State Park. That's amazing, man. I'm, <clears throat> I'm yeah. watching it so. as soon as we're done, dude. That sounds cool. awesome. Cool. Uh, Jared, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people kind of like follow more? Uh, I mean, your photography is amazing. Yeah. I've been off. Oh, thank you. I, I went off social media this month, but I jumped on really quick today. And I was looking at some cool. of your pictures and I was like, holy moly, these, if, if uh, that's well, honestly, you. if you want to fall in love with the great planes, just look at your photography. It's awesome. Uh, well, that's, that's high praise, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. They, um, I'm, I'm, I've got to start being a little bit more active on Instagram, but Instagram is probably the best place to find me. It's just at Jared Foster, J E R O D Perfect. Uh, Foster. And, uh, of course, you know, my website and stuff, but that's, that's the best place to find me. Sweet, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, cool. dude. And I would love to talk to you yeah. too at some point, you know, after you continue the Great Plains and all of that, man. Yeah. Well, let's let's get you down for one of these trips with the students. I'm in, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That wraps up this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Huge thanks to Jared um, for coming on the show. If you go to Texas Tech and you're listening to this, 100 million percent you should sign up for jared's class one because you get to go bikepacking two you get to learn about storytelling and filmmaking and that's a medium um especially these days like we're all connected to uh and three jared's like probably the coolest professor you're ever gonna have like it's that simple you know like what other professor is going to go out in the middle of the uh desert and just teach you how to make a cool movie. Like it sounds awesome and explore like these deep topics like mental health and, and kind of help you along on your journey and also just create these experiences that you'll never forget. You know, um, I, as an educator, there's so many levels I connect to Jared with (laughs) on this podcast, but as an educator, I'm just like, man, like, it's an art form in and of itself to create this experience for these young people to have. Because for me, like I had a lot of adventures as a kid, but I never had like a huge, what I would say like paradigm shifting adventure until much later. And especially college. Like I'll just tell you right now, like I do an outdoor adventure podcast but in college i think i went hiking like twice i can almost tell you or count on one hand how many times i actually went hiking like yes we did we did a couple big trips to colorado some friends so i guess that was pretty huge but just exploring 
um i went to university of iowa so just exploring iowa city and some of the trails there like dude i just didn't do it and i know maybe there wasn't as many trails but there's stuff there to do there's a lot of stuff in iowa i'll represent iowa till the day i die i love that state um so it's really on me like i didn't have these huge outdoor adventures when i was that age and i just think like they're so beneficial in so many ways so um I just am envious as an educator and inspired really like what experiences can we make for these young people where it has the potential to be life-changing. So cool. And yes, I do. I would consider that an art form. I do consider teaching and educating. It can be an art. It can be an artistic expression. And I know this is the part of the podcast (laughs) where we're going to get artsy quote unquote artsy fartsy. And I'm going to say stuff that might sound really dumb. So I'm well aware of this going into this conversation. So when I like say a teacher can be an artist and a lesson, the way, so the way you are trying to get somebody scaffolded to learn something, they're starting at point A, you have to get them to like point C or point Z or whatever. And you have to somehow work your way there so it's a way that connects to this individual and every individual is going to be different and you have to somehow figure out a way um, to present it in a way that's going to stick for them and make sense to them at the level that they're at. Like that takes a lot of creativity um, is involved in that. And so, yeah, I would consider that adventures coming up with a route, coming up with a bikepacking route that's going to take you to some areas that are going to be meaningful and challenging and push you at the right level that you need to be, that's art as well, you know? Like, that is artistic. Like, I've talked to a bunch of people um, on this podcast from varying, um, quote-unquote, disciplines of adventure, and I consider a lot of people artists, especially people who are coming up with their own adventures or they're they're kind of going off the beaten path and doing something unique and doing something that's important to them and inspiring to them. And to see that is inspiring to me. Like I've been just diving deep on uh, Bo Miles and his YouTube channel. And I mean, 100% recommended. He was an odd like I had him on the podcast a while ago and I want to get him back on the podcast but he's been doing these things like backyard adventuring where he just does things to do it and to see what it's like and to share what the experience is like like I watched one last night where he plants a tree a minute or he's trying to plant like a thousand four hundred trees in this pasture um to see what it's like to leave an adventure having left like a forest planted And dude, that is artistic. That is something meaningful that can inspire. And I don't know, I'm not like, I've never like been like an art major or anything like that. But like, isn't art like meant to be like its purpose and its goal is to be something meaningful that can inspire? I think that's kind of like, if you had to summarize that as a just a thing, you would say, oh yeah, like art, it's something meaningful that can inspire. Um, and it's interesting though, like just in the, well, and also just to speak to Jared one more time, like 
not only is this filmmaking class like that's that's obviously art people are creating these stories in a way that are meant to inspire us inspire something in us whether that's an emotion whether that's like a future goal or something like that um that's the whole purpose of it that's the goal that's the ultimate destination of it um and does it connect with every single person of course not like everyone's an individual we all have our own individual experiences that are meaningful to us we have our own personalities our own interests and things like that so people are going to create art and it's going to connect with some people and it's not going to connect with other people and that's okay and i think that's where like the fear comes in um for people starting off the fear is oh man not everyone's gonna like this and once you embrace oh man like not everyone's gonna like this like once you embrace that that's powerful you're gonna understand like you're just gonna create and then you're gonna ship it because you're like not everyone's gonna get this and that's okay like <laughs> like i'm me chris ward i'm very uh inspired by Bo miles this australian guy spending 24 hours planting trees in the ground right and i can be sitting there watching that like near tears like shaking ready to do an adventure ready to change the world and someone else could be watching it and is like man i can't believe this dude is just like wasting his time for 24 hours like and that's totally okay that's what art is that's the whole like point of it is the point of it is that some people are going to connect and other people aren't and i think I think that's an important hurdle for a lot of people to consider. Like even with this podcast, when I first started, like there's this whole party that's like, oh, I hope people like this and it might change how you're being. You might not be authentic. You might not um, be expressing yourself and going on weird rants about like <laughs> what art is. Uh, but then you get to a certain point and you realize like, that doesn't matter because the people it is going to connect with, it's going to be meaningful. And it might be meaningful for one person out of 10,000. And if it is meaningful for one person out of 10,000, in my opinion, maybe not everyone shares this, but in my opinion is then you're doing something right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if everyone shares that same outlook, but that's how I see things. Um, and I think part of that is because I know what, what art has done for me. Like when I've connected with a song or a picture or a movie or a drawing, like it's something I can't get out of my head. It's something that lives with me forever. And it's just a special thing. Like it's, it's hard to really explain because there's times that I think I mentioned in the intro, like, you'll hear a song and you've heard that song thousands of times and nothing's happened. You're just like, Oh, it's a cool beat, dude. Yeah. But then somehow you hear that song and you're in the exact mood and you're having the exact experience where you're open to really kind of like understand it in a different way. And, and then that's with you forever. Like you're like, I always have this now always and I always can access what that meant to me and how it shifted my paradigm or shifted my view um how it touched me in in some sort of way um I'll give you another example and I know it's this time of year for me and 
it's it's an emotional time of year uh, as we lead up to Christmas. It's a busy. There's just a lot a lot going on for for me this time of year. Um, but I was sitting there in class today. All my students are taking a test, and I do a, a responsible teacher does, which is I start reading Calvin and Hobbes because that's what I do. <laughs> um, and I like am looking up a Calvin and Hobbes. And I read this one and I've read it before. Like I've loved Calvin and Hobbes since I was a kid. I think to me, it's one of the highest, which once again, is such a subjective thing. I think Calvin and Hobbes is one of the greatest accomplishments in human history. And that is not me over-exaggerating. And it might be the most ridiculous thing I've ever said, but that's how I actually feel. And I'm sitting there, I'm reading this one Calvin and Hobbes strip that Bill Watterson created back in like, the 80s like late 80s early 90s and i start crying in class and all my students are like taking a test but i have like tears coming out i'm like wiping the tears away because it really affected me and that is powerful that is a powerful experience to have i think uh and kind of to wrap up i think art can also connect people to the experience of being human and I think there's a lot going on these days that disconnect us from that. And I think, you know, I don't want to be old man ward and just say like social media. Um, but I know for me, like the constant distractions that can be had in, with a little computer in my pocket, my phone, like that some a lot of times disconnects me from the experience of being human or the experience of being present. And when you see something that someone like created, like a beautiful photograph of the Texas Plains from Jared, when you see that, that might bring out something in you that is very human. It might give you joy. It might make you sad. It might make you scared or whatever all of these things do. And that's powerful that is powerful and that's why i love people who are exploring kind of sharing their uniqueness through whatever medium's calling for them you know like with jared's students like some of them might completely fall in love with filmmaking and they might make something that moves people they might make something that is the thing like someone goes back to when they're sad or or is the thing that makes them laugh harder than anything in the world right like that might happen because this person is trying is deciding they're going to try to share their uniqueness with the world and i think that's a beautiful 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 thing and that's why i love storytelling in any that's the form like that connects with me and man it's just i just love it so much and i hope uh i hope you all are able to find something out there that is gonna really inspire you or or touch your soul and in whatever unique ways and and make you kind of reconnect with being a human being or maybe stoke that fire stoke wait stoke yeah stoke's a good thing right like that's not that doesn't mean put out <laughs> hold on let me look this up really quick all right
Stoke. Add coal to a fire. Good. All right. So hopefully you find something that kind of like stokes that fire in you to go out and share your uniqueness. Like that's what you bring to the world. That is your gift to share with the people around you. Like don't just fall in line because everyone else is doing X, Y, Z. Like be unique, be weird, be awesome, be like passionate about whatever you're doing. If you're passionate about whatever you're doing, whether that's something like, like for me, like I, there might be something I'm not interested in. We'll just say like, I don't know, um, like someone who makes shoes. I don't know anything about shoes. I just know they go on my feet and they like kind of smell sometimes after a while. That's all I know. But you throw me, you throw at me a video or like an actual, like in person, with a really passionate human being making a shoe, like I'm 100% in. And I think what I'm in on more than whatever they're doing is really is how they're doing it and how they're showing up and, and how they're being passionate. And it's just a good reminder because it's so easy to be dispassionate in this world. And it's so easy to like zone out or become numb or anything like that. And and that's a that's a disservice to your time here, you know? Like be enthused, be passionate. That's why we are here. And uh yeah, that wraps it up. This might be the last one of uh 2022. Um I might do another one next week. I'm definitely taking off if you've made it this far through whatever I just said. My mind went blank while I was saying all that. Um Next week, I'm taking off. Uh, it'll be Christmas weekend, so there won't be an episode then. There might be another one on the 30th. Um, we'll see. But there will definitely be one start of January. So, yeah, um, come back. Join us again. Um, I hope people may. I hope people listen to that. Like, honestly, and I know, I know there's a, like, I just feel like, all of that is really important to me, especially right now, especially in this moment. And um, it's really meaningful. So at least to me, that's why I said it. <laughs> um, and now I'm going to go. I got to go watch some middle schoolers perform a play that they worked hard on all semester. It's, I'm pretty psyched for it. I'm taking my kids. So it'll be cool to watch these young, young folks participating in this beautiful, beautiful process. So, all right. Uh, we will get back at you sometime soon.